This podcast has been brought to you by GM Moving, part of Greater Sports. We're here to help the people of Greater Manchester get moving and to improve lives through physical activity. Welcome back, I'm Eve Holt, Strategic Director at GM Moving and today I'm having a conversation with Tim Emery from the Town and Country Planning Association all around active healthy places. So we'll be thinking about what does this mean, what does this mean in a time of Covid and what are some of the changes we'd like to see made in the future to help people and communities thrive. Yep, so my name is Tim. Um, I'm a policy officer at the Town and Country Planning Association. Um, the TCPA, uh, it campaigns for reform in the planning system in the UK, trying to make it more um, appropriate for people's needs and aspirations. Um, and my particular role, I focus on healthy placemaking um, and how we can create environments that are healthier so people can make healthier choices. A lot of that involves working with local authorities and planning teams, trying to get them to talk to each other and talk to different teams in the council, but also outside um, because it's a collective effort. Can't do it by ourselves. So, so yeah. So healthy placemaking, certainly placemaking feels like it's become a real sort of buzzword over the last few years and a far greater focus on place um, which I think is right for so many reasons so can you I guess explain for the sake of any listeners who aren't familiar with what we mean by placemaking and then what Mm. we mean by healthy placemaking and what this has to do with your job um, and then with with GM moving yeah I mean a lot of planners hate the word (laughs) placemaking that's kind of like what does that actually mean and it can be a bit vague um, I think it's a great term. It, it's, it's thinking broader. It's the wider picture. Place, we don't live in boxes. We live in places and communities. So it's having that, uh, that wider idea of, of what's important in a place that is uh, high quality, well-designed. Um, but yeah, in terms of healthier placemaking, that's focusing on how we incorporate aspects of the environment where people can make healthier choices. So having green spaces, green infrastructure, um, having cycling and walking infrastructure in place, because we don't, if we don't have these things uh, in our environment, we can't, well, we can't lead healthier lives basically. So it's, it's thinking, it's shifting our idea from, thinking about just delivering houses to delivering uh, places that yeah people can lead healthier lives um, which is which is key right now so yeah so thinking about us not being in boxes mm-hmm. or, or bubbles, bubbles um, yeah. there's there's definitely uh, a real sense at the minute that we've been told to stay in boxes and in yes. bubbles um, which brings certain challenges in terms of what environment we actually get to interact with. Um, And within that, it feels all the more important that you have within your close proximity, 
access to green spaces and um, spaces that you can safely whilst distancing you know enjoy a walk enjoy mm. a cycle ride enjoy a run enjoy your daily dose of exercise mm. um, and I know that for me living in Wally Range the local park has been an absolute you know godsend in terms of us as a family with three kids that there is somewhere that is open that is mm. spacious that you know in terms of physical mental health has been huge um, not everybody has access to that um, right. so what I guess are some of the, the particular challenges that you're currently seeing in terms of COVID but also some of the opportunities? Yeah so a big uh, uh, sort of buzzword that everyone's talking about at the moment is health inequalities and that's um, a big agenda to push forward from this as well because not everyone has access to green spaces, walking routes, cycling routes. Um, it's put a spotlight on health as an issue which is quite sad because it should have people we should have been thinking about this before coronavirus mm. but now it's it is affecting everyone so it's suddenly become an issue that we're all talking about now is there is such inequality in society um, and planning does have can have a really key role in helping to address that um, so that's from this if there's any positives that will come out mm. of this it is trying to ensure that everyone has equal access to services facilities because we not everyone has, not everyone does um, so that reality at the minute of people, some people's lives, if you don't have space inside, if you mm. don't have a garden, if you don't have safe access to space outside, um, has a, certainly has a big impact on whether people can currently stay active um, and what, what options they have to them. But has also, as a flip side, as you say, has also highlighted those inequalities that, you know, we knew were there, mm. been campaigning to try and shift, but maybe wasn't and yeah. everybody's kind of consciousness so um mm. hopefully something that we can you know now it's been it's on people's radar and on the agenda look at how we change so how do you in making some of those changes what sort of things can we influence what sort of things do you look for and look to in that influencing process so again big thing in planning is to make people talk to each other <laughs> and making teams come to come together. A lot of the work that the TCPA have done in the past is bringing public health officials and town plans together in the same room, even just to chat and get to know each other because public health officials are sometimes, they're often in at county level, so they're not necessarily in the same office. So there's that physical like mm. distance barrier. So bringing people together um, and yeah, creating a, like a shared uh, evidence base and, uh, and developing shared strategies to move forward because if we're not on the same page, then we're not gonna get the same outcomes and we're not gonna achieve the same goals. So um, that's, that's it's quite a simple thing of just bringing people together, but it is very effective. Um, so in terms of yeah, planning for healthier places, it is, it is bringing the key people together. And it's not just town planners and public health officials, it's, it's councillors, it's transport planners, it's the community as well, mm. um, services that deliver uh, leisure. Um, it's bringing everyone around the same table to get everyone to talk about it. And hopefully, yeah, from this, that will definitely happen more. Mm. Um, so. And that feels like the very 
clear opportunity within Greater Manchester. So I think over with devolution, um, with our regional mayor, with the work we've been doing across health and social care, there's a real sen sense of shift from quite siloed working, from people That's in their boxes yeah. <laughs> professionally, yeah, um, exactly. to really bringing people together and mm -hmm. certainly bringing people together around the agenda of health and bringing people together around the agenda around place and place making and what that means for people's health. Um, and then a real focus on those kind of, you know, quite sometimes difficult conversations actually around the inequities within all of that and the impact that that has. So that feels like something that is in our gift in Greater Manchester that we've made huge progress across that ecosystem over the last few years and that that's a real need now to to really build on that in terms of what that means for active design um, and ensuring that you know planning is often often feels like quite long sometimes quite slow part of the yes. process so you have yeah. to start early don't you you have to bring those Indeed. people together at an mm. early stage and mm involving as you said the community and residents mm. and for all the reasons we've just said when people have very different perspectives and experiences yeah the importance there of all the work we're doing around kind of that being a co-design co-productive process in which you have those different people around the table to mm. say actually will this work for me does this um fit with my day-to-day -day, with where I want to go what what my working hours are like what my caring responsibilities are like um so how I guess it feels at the minute that there's this opportunity where this spotlight is on place is on health inequalities um and there's this need to bring people together to kind of in this reimagining and redesign of the future um mm. But it's quite hard, isn't it, for people to see ahead at the minute because we're all sort of also in this sort of crisis yeah, state. Yeah. So how, how in terms of your work at the minute, how are you getting this balance between, I guess, being caught up in the current crisis and reality of that, but also being able to have an eye on, on the future? Yeah, I think it's, it's hopeful to think that this is not going to last forever, that there is light at the end of the tunnel. But for now, it is still keeping contact with everyone. Um, making those connections a big part of our work is yeah is, is going physically to local authorities to mm. help them uh, with their problems which is something we can't when we can't do that um, but we can do that remotely and that's that's a really exciting opportunity that we haven't done before at the TCPA um, but yeah I mean it's it, it's tricky it is and everyone's been affected by it differently as well. And not everyone's in the same circumstance. So moving projects forward, um, you're having to adjust mm -hmm. timescales because yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult more so for others. And so, yeah. So that in that move online, which so many of us have, have had to make and, and that, so, you know, we've seen that that can bring, can open up opportunities for engagement and connecting people across different places um, mm -hmm. and I know that Greater Manchester so we're adopting sort of Commonplace which is a website we've been using across a number of spaces in Greater Manchester so the Levenshume B lines for example mm -hmm. um, it was used with 
with Andy Burnham actually for his sort of manifesto. Obviously, that's now um, coming to an end as the elections are postponed. Um, it's been in, used in a number of spaces where particularly they're focusing on the walking and cycling, and they're now adopting it across Greater Manchester as part of COVID in terms of trying to engage and consult around people's current travel options. So it's a good example of where an opportunity has arisen, um, you know, commonplace of, of generously gifted it for this moment in yeah. their kind of contribution to the response, but hopefully will enable us to capture a whole load of information at this time, which will be invaluable as we kind of understand what people's thoughts are in terms of the future. Um, are there any other, so that's kind of one opportunity that's come mm. out of both what we're doing and how we're doing it. Um, yeah. Are there any other particular opportunities or things that you've seen spring up in the last few weeks? I think a lot of, there's a lot of studies early stages of studies looking at how the virus affects people differently and we know that if you're over 70 you're supposed to stay inside um, but also if you're underlying health issues so diabetes severely overweight you're more you've got a higher risk of developing severe symptoms so yeah the, the future studies that will look at this and look back and and see and highlight how we need to address these how we can improve people's health in the end and how how we can do that through the planning system to allow people to lead healthier lives to um it's all about resilience isn't it it's mm. it's trying to increase our our body's resilience for few, for some stuff like this in the future and it's i mean mm. coronavirus it can affect anyone of course mm. um but it's it's trying to ensure that yeah you you are as healthy as you can be um, is key. So that will be interesting to find out what, what comes out comes that. But also another big thing is air pollution. Mm. If we look at all the cities around the world that have cut their private vehicle use, air pollution is dropping massively. And, and public, uh, public Health England before, before coronavirus, air, air pollution was one of the highest environmental risks to human health um so it is who knows what people what government will do in terms of transport after this but the fact that we're not automatically getting in our cars now we are choosing to walk and cycle is mm -hmm. a great opportunity and i think that is something that we can build momentum on momentum definitely and i mean brighton here in brighton we've closed a road i'm sure in manchester you're going to be closing roads as well and hopefully that happens more so have you seen in Brighton, because I saw, I saw that over the weekend, I was reading actually about what you've been doing. Um, yeah. Have you seen the impact of that so far? I know it's early days. Um, I know on the seafront, it is, it, people are walking and cycling a lot, which mm. is great. But in terms of social distancing as well, it's, it's that balancing act. Um, we also have a bike share scheme, I'm sure you do in Manchester as well. Mm. And if you think if people aren't uh, washing their hands properly, that is, that's, if you think about that, that's another way to sort of spread virus around the city. Um, but in terms of closing the roads, yeah, it's, it's um, road on the seafront, Madeira Drive, um, and it's, it's popular anyway, and I'm sure it's getting a lot of use as well. But it is, it's quite a wide, it's a wide road, which is good, so people can um, keep that two metre distance. And if you think about how roads and streets are designed generally, a lot of pavements are tiny. And if we're to keep two metre distance on a tiny little pavement, it's, you just can't do it. Yeah. So 
there's that that's that aspect as well looking to the future that way we design our streets um making them for pedestrians and not cars and cyclists it's there's that aspect as well and that's definitely a very live live debate at the minute yes. certainly on social yeah. social media but also mm. have um, had various conversations with mm. likes of transport for greater manchester with our health social care partnership with our police mm. with chris boardman as our walking cycling commissioner mm. um, and with andy burnham as our mayor you know we've been having this conversation around what are the current opportunities but also you know the challenges and all of that a point mm. that councils are obviously um, absolutely on their knees in terms of the demand for them um, at mm. this time so trying to get that balance right between different people's needs different people's perspectives encouraging people to have yeah. their daily dose of exercise but also making yeah. sure that they are staying safe they're only going out for essential journeys and for the daily dose yeah. um, and they're keeping distance there's a huge amount really isn't there in that complexity to it is <laughs> um, and I know that you know trying to get a sense from other people about what their experiences are because it looks very different in different parts just of Manchester mm. never mind Greater Manchester so mm. you know I know that I go out you know daily for my run or walk or ride and I am I'm skipping onto the road regularly in order to yeah. avoid um being within less you know less than two meters away from other people yeah. when I'm out doing that by myself I feel quite comfortable about that but when I'm out with my mm. three kids that feels quite different exactly, um, yeah. you know the open roads mm. are it's phenomenal the difference <laughs> you know I just you say I live fairly centrally to the middle of Manchester you know air pollution levels are high I ride my bike mm. every day I feel it day to day I feel yeah. that sense of grime and um, and now I go outside and it helps that we've got this beautiful yeah. spring weather. Um, but the level of peace, the level of mm. calm, I feel yeah. so much calmer out mm. on the streets than I do normally. I am seeing different people. I'm seeing far more, I would say, mums with smaller kids just going around the block with kids on bikes. Um, you know, I have seen people of different ages, different backgrounds who are clearly out mm. doing their sort of daily dose, just going around the block to get, you know, some yeah. fresh air um, and the park. And I'd say people have been, my experience, they've been following the guidance. They're, they're just clearly mm. out for a bit. Um, but, you know, it can get quite busy. Yeah. So there's, but that looks very different in different places um, as to who's, who's out mm. and about. So in your where um well first of all do you know what the decision making process was in brighton for that example do you know what led um, to those in the road i think there's a combination of uh different uh campaign groups and charities i know sustrans and a few others wrote a letter to the government uh i think it was last week or this mm. week i can't remember um asking them to make it easier for councils around the country to um deregulate closing roads because usually it takes ages um loads lots of red tape um but i i think that might have yeah sparked brighton to quickly do it i don't know they might have been planning to do it um already but um yeah so yeah there's been lots of examples around mm. the world haven't there that i've seen and then yeah mm. so brighton and a few of the places a few places in london now have done the same yes um, and then i yeah. was reading about the yeah. deregulation and the changes there and in terms of kind of the longer term so we've been looking at our local plans in greater manchester and the greater manchester um, spatial framework where i guess where do you go to where where what are you looking for in terms of the opportunities in these processes to influence and create this healthy place making mm. what what are you looking for in terms of when those opportunities are there and then 
what are you looking for in those sort of documents um, in that policy sort of process? Yeah. Well, like you said earlier, planning, it takes, processes so long. It takes planning, it's, it's a very long process to get um, local plans adopted. Mm. Um, so the earlier you can sort of get in to that process and be involved, the better. The further down the line, it's a lot difficult. There's still opportunities, but if you're, at the table to start with that's great so in terms of pushing the health and well-being agenda to even make the planners in that team aware of it it's all about policy hooks as well so mm. every local authority should be working on a local plan and if there aren't hooks for uh, policy officers and developers to use in those documents um, it, it doesn't it doesn't come up it doesn't flag up so if there aren't health and well-being policies in plans uh, it's, it's, it's not going to be considered really you need those policies in place to deliver the place that you want on the ground and if you have good policies in the plan developers can see that and recognize that that's what you as a council want to achieve and deliver and at the end of the day developers want to want to create good places for people to live they don't want to build rubbish places. So have you got examples of what a good, what does a good hook look that's, like? <laughs> yeah. So TPA, we've done lots of different projects over the years. Um, a big project that we were involved with last year was putting health into place. Um, and that looked at sort of pulled together the NHS Healthy New Towns work. Um, and in, in, so that, group of resources is invaluable for people to see how uh, different local authorities are achieving healthier places but in terms of like individual policies that's something that we're yeah we're trying to build a a good sort of case study examples so we can go to local authorities and and show them and say hey this place has achieved this you you should you know look at what they've done you can do the same but yeah it's 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 showing people examples as well it's really useful because yeah if you've if you've got nothing to compare it to so it's sharing knowledge and different experiences is key and that feels really valuable in terms of in greater manchester how obviously we can share knowledge and examples across the different districts um as people are learning and planning teams working together with their colleagues to Mm. create you know really active um environments um but also then much further afield um with the likes of yourself and really going what what are those best what is that best practice what does it look like out there and how can we you know openly magpie really Mm. because ultimately we don't want to just be you know the most active place that is greater manchester we want to support people across the nation to be active Mm. and well and to flourish and be connected and that creates that absolute resilience that you talked about at the beginning doesn't it Mm. really where we can all um, get around and access the services and stay fit and well at the same time, um, which links, you know, ties into so many other agendas. So whether that is on health um, and tapping obesity and other sort of and lifelong, you know, underlying health conditions, um, yeah. we're really noticing obviously the impact at the minute on those with respiratory challenges um, mm-hmm. and, you know, COVID obviously that presents a real problem for them. And then the flip side, people really appreciating the yeah. kind of cleaner air quality at the minute yeah. um, mm-hmm. and that enabling them to enjoy being outside mm-hmm. differently, um, as well as then obviously the environmental agenda, which mm-hmm. I would hope to see in local plans far more hooks from a yeah. 
climate change, reducing emissions um, perspective, which all naturally lend themselves, don't they, to building healthy yeah. places, healthy people. And that's the thing. It's everything. If you think about it, everything's interlinked yeah. and it's, it's breaking down that silo mentality yeah, in terms of working with people, but also the actual topics. So, yeah, climate change, green infrastructure, health and well-being sustainable transport you'll usually find specific policies and local plans on the, on those specific issues but it's also it's interlinking them because they all help and contribute to each other so it's finding ways yeah of trying to achieve the same goal with all these policies mm-hmm. because they, they they at the end of the day yeah they're, they're all they're all really important and they share the same common agenda of creating better places for us to live so yeah. absolutely so that shared really mm. on recognizing our shared vision and how we all get yeah, there together exactly. and mm. have there been so again thinking about some of the local plans um and i've seen some of the kind of initial responses to those in some districts and mm. suggestions like making sure that you know suggestions that as a right people should have access to green space within a five minute walk of their house um mm-hmm. it's obviously been this quite live debate over the last year around creating 10 minute or 15 minute or 20 minute cities yeah. so paris have you know got theirs um, there's been conversations in other localities across greater manchester you know really highlighting some of that is just how you can get from across often a, a city centre within 20 minutes by foot mm. or by bike. And sometimes sometimes it's just a case of, of mindset, isn't it? And that hasn't yeah. been made clear to people. It hasn't been made easy for people. So mm. they don't think about it as a place that they can access in that way. And sometimes yeah. simple signage, sometimes, you know, whether it's technical apps, stories, things that just mm. help demonstrate for people that actually this isn't a big distance and mm. I think a really powerful example I saw was where they'd overlaid the Trafford Centre over Altrincham District Centre and highlighted you know the distances so people are very happy without questioning it to walk from their car to the Trafford yeah. Centre to the shops mm. and actually when they overlaid that over a district centre demonstrated that similar you know similar distances really and yet people yeah. would not consider walking it it's just completely this perception so are there any particular things that you've been drawn to that you've seen and thought they're nice concepts or that maybe we should be looking out for and expecting to hear more of in terms of these particular ideas of what yeah i think that's that's really key is changing people's attitudes because it's so easy to think oh just pop down to shops i'll just hop in my car kind of thing and it's and it's it's changing that it is changing that mentality in people's attitudes because yeah some people don't think it's they don't feel safe enough to walk down the street necessarily to the supermarket but i think the idea of walkability is something that really interests me and it's a hot topic in in america and the idea of that you've got these five sort of variables if you think about density distance to services and facilities the design of the street it's 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 the combination of different variables that will, will help and encourage people to walk and, and cycle if we create compact neighborhoods it's easy for people to get around but if we sort of follow the trend that i f- feel we're going down is building suburbia and just building out now and now now that increases people's reliability on cars so it's looking at other places what other places are doing so yeah yeah, like in america and australia um, because they have big massive suburbanization issues not necessarily as big as we do but we are following that kind of trend i feel at the moment so what 
what supports if you're looking to create more dense compact neighborhoods because mm. that means that people can get around by by bike by foot in a wheelchair with mm. any mobility aid assuming that we're you know doing what we all believe we should do which is designing that inclusivity from the beginning and make yeah. sure that that's accessible to all what things what does a high density compact neighborhood look like, look like from yeah. a planning perspective what are you trying to get in the mix it's that it has to be appropriate for each place because obviously we're not about to build skyscrapers in the countryside that just that's just won't work and we're not about to build yeah houses in the middle of nowhere it's it's making it appropriate to the place that it is the context that it's within but um generally in terms of healthier places the higher the density the better but it's also about mix of uses so it's all well and good delivering houses in high density but that's that's no good if there if there aren't services and amenities close by because that will encourage people to yeah not walk and cycle to different places but yeah in, in terms of what that actually looks like i think there isn't a go-to model to say hey that is a that is what we want, a high, high mm. density mixed place. It's having those aspects that, that are important, but adapting it to make sure it fits in with the local context and community. Again, looking at examples and picking the bits that you think work best for you and what you think will you know, integrate. We don't necessarily build bubbles. We want to build places that, that integrate with mm. what's already there is important which is another thing I think planning tends to do it from the developers kind of side. It's kind of like, I want to deliver this site. I want to make this particular area great, but you need to look at the wider picture. What, what's, what, what's around you. So it's a very kind of deliberate, integrated, diverse mm. design from the, well, you can't say from the beginning because we're not starting off generally <laughs> with, with, with new towns as such. We're starting off with infrastructure that's currently there in place mm. Um, and absolutely that in terms of our approach at GM moving, you know, we don't talk about blueprints. We don't talk about scaling mm. up. We don't talk about, you know, taking one thing and, and then just imposing it somewhere else. It's very much yeah. recognizing that you can find these common ingredients and conditions that work, mm. but it's then um, for people within a place to decide actually what meets their needs and their aspirations, mm. which goes back to your point at the beginning way, doesn't it? About again, how do you make sure you've got that diversity of stakeholders around the table mm. to say, let's co-design this ourselves yeah. together for this place and make mm. it appropriate so you don't have you know, skyscrapers in the in the countryside yeah, exactly. it's designing the right things in, in the right places to meet mm. to meet the needs of local people um mm. so given you know coming to an end um i've heard i've heard lots of stories um over the last few weeks of people saying that they are their habits have changed so you know for some it's very challenging to be inside and to be pushed into a small box and yeah. particularly if it's an overcrowded box you don't have a garden you don't have access within five minutes to green space um but i've also on positive heard people talking very much around you know their joy of doing their daily exercise of them getting to the habit of doing a daily walk in a way that they didn't used to or a daily ride or a daily run and again a different array of people so you know we talk a lot about our age-friendly agenda in greater manchester and i've heard people older people saying that they've it's become a habit for them in the way it wasn't before because it feels like safer actually for them to be on the streets than it was lots of yeah. comments around obviously the blossom and the blue sky which we have no control yeah, over great. but <laughs> also about the sound of birds it, <laughs> it does yeah. it definitely 
definitely. Lots yeah. of people talking about birds. Lots of recordings of bird songs <laughs> that people said they don't normally hear. And um, so it has, you know, I think reminded people of how different things can feel, and that mm. has encouraged certainly some people mm. to be more active and more active locally um, than they would do mm. normally when they may have previously got in a car and felt they had to drive out to yeah, the countryside. Definitely. So mm. how do we, what do we do with that? <laughs> so we've got these stories and these ambitions and this reimagining mm. of what comes next. Have you got a sense of how we carry that forward? I guess it's building on the momentum and making sure that we don't forget it's that key that we can't go back to business as usual although this is a crisis it's also an opportunity to make the changes that are necessary to make sure that we are healthier and happier and yeah it gives us a lot of time to self-reflect as well Mm. um, which is key and we haven't mentioned that mental health but that's Mm. obviously uh, physical and mental health go hand in hand and and should be looked at separately Um, but yeah I mean even like our neighbours since i mean got to know them a lot better <laughs> which is which is great and that, that encouraged that sense of community as well and people across the street uh, if you think about clapping every thursday mm. get to another house and meeting neighbors that you might not have previously known we're quite lucky we're quite near the sea so although we moved in last year we said oh yeah we'll be down at the beach all the time um didn't necessarily do that but now we we're, we'll try and get down and walk there every not every day, but as much as we can. We'd like to do the beach more, obviously, but can't really, can't really do that. So yeah, I think it's key that we can't, yeah, forget this. And I'm sure we won't. I'm sure we won't forget um, what's happened at all. Yeah, but, but remembering the yeah. things we want to take forward, as well as the things that we definitely yeah. want to leave behind us. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. In all of that. So on a on a more personal note, then, um, how do you like to move? So you said you like to walk to the beach, yeah. and what what's changed for you in terms of your habits around staying active before COVID yeah. and now? So I'm a keen swimmer, which has been really hard because obviously swimming pools have been shut, and I'm not brave enough yet to try sea swimming because. <laughs> It's a bit too cold, I think. Um, but yeah, definitely walking a lot more. I think walking is going back to what we were talking about previously. I think walking is such an easily accessible form of physical activity. Not for everyone, because obviously if the elderly and disabled, it's a lot harder for them. But generally, I think it, it, walking is, is is a great means of improving your yeah physical activity. So yeah, walking a lot more. We have one bike between me and my partner, so... <laughs> it's um i wish we could go on cycle rides but together but we can't so i guess we could go on cycle rides individually um but yeah i haven't done that just yet but um Sounds like you need another bike. Well, thank you very much for your time. I really enjoyed right. listening. Lots of food for thought. And yeah, it'd be good to see what happens over the next few weeks and how we can intentionally design in spaces that more people can get around um, in whatever way they wish to, really. And those Definitely. healthy, healthy, livable neighbourhoods. Definitely. So, mm. Enjoy the sunshine. Enjoy and the you. Yes. Thank and you. catch up with you again soon. Yeah. Thanks, Eve. Thanks, Tim. And to anyone listening who's interested in continuing this conversation, we will be hosting a Zoom session on Wednesday the 3rd of June from 11 to 12.30 to really think about how we build back better together in Greater Manchester, creating active, healthy places where communities can thrive. So please do join the conversation. Um, Get in touch with me at eve at gmmoving.co.uk. Look forward to seeing you soon. 
If you've enjoyed this podcast, why not share it or tell a friend about it? And if you've got feedback or ideas for future episodes, please get in touch with our team at Greater Sport using the links that you'll find on our podcast page.